You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. Oh, I could just see you thinking. we're turning 27. But when we're 30, 10 years, we still wouldn't be in our teens. Hold on. I'm going to do some math. Ready? Oh, wait. I totally ignored what you were saying. What would you say? Are you serious? I said we're about to be 27. So once we hit 30, 10 years, when we say, oh, 10 years ago... It wouldn't be us in our teens. It'd be us in our 20. Mm. Yeah, hurts. it'd be us in our 20s. But now we can say, oh, 10 years ago, it's like, we're teenagers. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Not really. No, I'm, like, I'm happy about getting older. As I say, I mean, honestly, I can't wait to be like, yeah, 10 years ago, this is where we were at. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, it's going to be more powerful than when I was in my teens. Amen. Because it's it's a journey. It's, it's a been journey. the journey. It's been now the listen. journey. We've done the journey. I was going to say, okay, so 2022, we're turning 27. 2023, 28, 2024. So that means in 2025, we'll be 30. Holy shit. Which is not far away. Just saying. Oh, my God. Put your seatbelt on because we're going for a ride. We're going for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> the roller coaster of life. Shit. Seriously. <laughs> I feel like we've been on enough roller coasters through this lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know what? Here's what happens is, you know, I feel like we're riding the Titan, you know, a lot. Yes. <laughs> like that huge, huge climb up. Yeah. And then like a, just a little bit of time at the top and then it's like <laughs> the anxiety going up. And yeah. Then... <laughs> and then here's what happens is, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of riding this freaking roller coaster over and over again. So I'm, I'm getting go, off. I'm going to go ride the mini mine train that doesn't have as many ups and downs. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the, on the mini mine train right now. I'm going to go ride the easiest <laughs> ride in the whole park. Exactly. Exactly. Because I just. A I little can't... excitement. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, now we're back to normal. Oh, my God. Whee! Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep, we still get the speed. Oh, but we're cruising. And you don't have to deal with the terror of going up, 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 and only slows in the highs. <laughs> it just drops so quickly. Man. Oh, man, the adventure. Yeah, so you're like, I'm checking out. <laughs> I need a break. You can catch the 27-year-old on the mini mine train with all the freaking five-year-olds. <laughs> Because we appreciate the metaphor of yes. our life through it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's funny. As I say, typically when we talk about things, I feel like they're not actually what we're talking about. Like, there's something <laughs> deeper than it. And it, and I feel like sometimes yeah. people will probably be lost. But, like, we get it. No, we get it. <laughs> it doesn't matter if people get it. Yeah. We get it. This is for us. I get it. Okay. Exactly. Amen. Amen. <sighs> Cheers. Dink. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yeah, shit. Are you ready for this quote Hit that me, I learned? baby, one more time. I don't think that's the right rhythm, but okay. it's fine. Yeah, it's not. Okay, you ready for this quote? Okay, hold on. All right, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, put I'm your phone on do not disturb. Um, excuse me, I'm looking up stuff for a podcast. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to just close my eyes and I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Codependency says, 
I will work harder on your problems than you do. True. <laughs> I will work harder on your problems than you do. I'll work harder your on your problems than I work on my problems. I'll work harder on anybody else's problems. But me. But mine. Oh my Shit. god. If that wasn't me for almost my whole life, mm. like that's me in a quote. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I did with you. That's mm-hmm. what I did with Jen. That's what I did with everybody in my life. Everybody. You want to know why? Because it starts with your childhood. <laughs> Let's go back. <laughs> oh my God. Which brings us in to this next quote that I wrote down. <clears throat> Connect my childhood trauma into relationship with myself. Hold on. Say that one okay. more time. Connecting my childhood trauma into relationship with myself. So connecting with what I experienced in my childhood mm-hmm. and how I do relationship even with myself. Right. Okay. Explain it. Explain that deeper. Oh, how shit. do you, Yeah. Well, <laughs> so my mom, mother, um, depended on me mm-hmm. to make everything okay in her life. Yeah. If nothing was going right, like we, it was a household where we had to cater to her emotions. Right. And if, if she was not okay, then nobody was okay. Mm-hmm. And like, or if I didn't do something that fit her uncommunicated expectation of me that she didn't communicate, she would still be mad at me. It would always be my fault. So everything that went wrong, I felt as though it was my fault because it's my job to make everything okay. As I say, so that my mom will be okay. Exactly. Hold on. So I just looked up 10 signs you might be codependent. Number one, you fear rocking the boat and fear upsetting others. So like in that situation, you feared rocking the boat in your family. You feared, oh, what if this action is going to upset mom? Like you were in a constant state of fear because you were trying to adapt to her um, emotions and her needs instead of you getting your needs fulfilled as the child you know what I mean? right exactly like the needs that only mattered was mom's Uh and if her needs weren't going to get met then my needs weren't going to get met exactly so it was operating out of fear of i need to make mom okay so i can be okay Mm -hmm. as a child Mm -hmm. because if mom's okay then mom will be okay to parent me Exactly. exactly and i'll get my need met and that's all you wanted as a child you just wanted mommy right who d- yeah. who doesn't they just want their mommy especially girls at a young age they just want their mommy and then you know eventually turn to the other parent but you were like mom I need you to see me but you learned how to cater to her needs in order for her to give you that attention yeah but then in a way like it through that living in that constant state it catapulted me throughout my whole life, throughout my whole relationships. Like, mm-hmm. I can think of, like, friendships in high school even where, like, I would attract people that I, that quote-unquote needed me, right? So, like, I could fix them, quote-unquote mm-hmm. fix them. 
because that was my belief statement. People needed to be fixed, which I no longer think that, by the way. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like, I will feel okay and feel like this, like I feel worthy when I feel like the savior. And in me feeling worthy and feeling like the savior, I had to help you be okay. Because mm-hmm. then I would feel worth and value mm-hmm. from helping you. And so I would attract friendships, especially in junior high and high school, where these, and I'm thinking of like two people right now in my head, like where they were, um, oh man, what do I, I want to choose my words carefully. Right. Um, they lived their life differently than I did. Right. So they were out partying, partying a lot, drugs, sex all these things, but I was like the good, right. (laughs) The goody girl out of the trio basically. Yeah. Um, and so I, but I felt so worthy and valued because they leaned on me Mm -hmm. for everything. You were used to being that rock. Yes. I liked being the rock. Mm -hmm. And then it even helped in relationships where I would attract men um, (laughs) that were, um, very, very wounded. <laughs> and, you know, like, um, I'm thinking of, like, Stefan from Vampire Diaries, like, the brooding would. wooden type. <laughs> like, those are the type of men that I would attract, like, the brooding, wounded, Absolutely. who needed that bubbly girl to fix everything and to be his rock. Like, that's, but I would get so much, because I felt like I was so unique and special. Yeah, <laughs> which you are. When I, Totally, but not that doesn't that, come from that. Yes. Um. So yeah, that was that's. So I basically been operating out of codependency, codependency my whole life, and I did it with you and Jen. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um. And that would cause a lot of our fights too. <laughs> my codependency. Um. And so yeah, I just been operating out of that my whole life, which I thought I was self sufficient, which most times I can be. Yeah. But more um, dominant in my codependency than I realized when I figured out what codependency actually was. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I mean, honestly, though, like when you look at your codependency, it makes sense. Like it makes sense that that's a space where you feel comfortable because that's how you grew up. You Mm -hmm. grew up tending to other people's needs. You grew up having to be the strong one. You grew up having to be that rock, right? And so, of course, that's going to bleed into your adult Alexis or even, you know, high school Alexis because that's where she feels safe. That's where she feels comfortable. That's what she's known her whole life. Right. Exactly. So let's give an actual definition of what codependency is. Codependency is a psychological condition in which person feels an extreme dependence for a certain loved one in their life. This dependence often progresses to the point where it affects the individual's feelings and responsible for the dependence, actions, and their feelings. Mm. Okay, so is that... So everything... So basically, which I can definitely relate to this. So basically, if Krista were to get mad, just about anything, like any random thing, if she had a bad day... I would feel as though it was all my fault. And I have felt this. Like, this is truly what I felt. Yeah, same. But that day, that bad day, I would literally not, like, I wouldn't 
have anything to do with that bad day. I wasn't around. I was probably at work doing something on my own time separate from Krista's day. Uh-huh. And she were to call me saying I have a bad day or if she were to come over to my house or come home or whatever and explain that she had a bad day, I would take it all as, oh, my God, this is my fault. Mm-hmm. How can I make this better? And mm-hmm. if I didn't make this day better for her, then everything would be my fault. Mm-hmm. Or if the way she was acting and it really had nothing to do with me, like I would be like, oh, she hates me and I'm not making her day better. So it's not really about her bad day. It's more about me. Yeah. Like it wouldn't, ha- the, her feelings would have nothing literally to do with me, but I wouldn't make it about me. Exactly. I was going to say, I've, I've had similar like thoughts of I could have had the, best day ever like nothing went wrong I was super happy and then if I would go home and somebody else's like Eric's his his like he's in a bad mood whatever immediately I'm in a bad mood like well yeah it's like I would mirror whatever his emotions are like my emotions depended on his emotions does that make sense right it's like it's like you you feel responsible for how everything is going to get better yeah I'm like what did I do wrong yes Yep. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So let's go Mm. in because I know you saw the signs of it. So what are the signs? Now that we came up with the definition and read the definition, what are the signs of codependency? Okay, so these are 10 signs. And the first one is what we said earlier. You fear rocking the boat and fear upsetting others. And I can relate to that because I, I would do everything in my power to make sure that like it's like even keen like there's not anything going on like no no fights nothing right like I would always just try to keep everything just peaceful because I did not want to um, say anything even even if I felt like somebody had done something that I didn't agree with or you know I basically I'd never stand up for myself like because I was I was too fearful of people getting mad at me yeah yeah you, you know what I mean I feel like I still do that sometimes because I'm just like that's scary <laughs> well it's having that core belief system uh-huh. that you believe um somebody else's reaction their sadness their rage their anger their freak out was all your fault mm-hmm. exactly exactly and in like a fear of kind of exactly what you said but a fear of like what their reaction is gonna be you know what I mean Like, I'm going to make them upset. I know that's exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. All right. Number two is you have a hard time thinking about your needs in a relationship, which Mm -hmm. is 100% true. I feel like not until like a year ago, I actually started thinking about, well, what do I need in my relationships? Yeah, that's true for a lot of people in a lot of relationships. Yeah, because, you you know, codependence, people pleasing, those kind of go hand in hand. So you're like... I need to do whatever I can do to, you know, keep this person's emotions, you know, happy, good, whatever, so that, you know, again, I'm not rocking the boat. So you completely just disregard the things that you need in order to make sure that the other person's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one, <laughs> your days are full of worrying about others. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, that was me as a child. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're constantly just... worrying, like, how is mom going to be whenever I get home? Uh-huh. What type of personality am I to expect yeah. on this day? Anxiety ridden all mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. all the time. 
Is she going to be nice? Is she going to be happy when I get home? Or is she going to be mad? Do I need to get myself mentally ready and emotionally ready for Mm -hmm. her to start screaming at me just randomly when I get home? Like, it's constant fear of another person's actions. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, Number four says, you tend to obsess about pleasing others or having others be pleased with you. Yeah. What I just said. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, absolutely. I feel like I... I I mean, I literally just said this. I I always wanted to please others and I wanted them to be like, oh, I'm so grateful for Krista. Like, I'm so happy. Like, you know, like you're doing a great job and, and, but they would only be pleased with me because I'm meeting all their needs, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. The next one says, it is more comfortable for you to take care of others than it is to take care of yourself. Would Mm -hmm. you say, I say, would you say that that was true for a lot of I feel like for me, like I found a lot of my value in um, being needed by other people. Mm -hmm. I think, which honestly to get, well, let's get controversial here. And I saw this a lot in ministry, Mm -hmm. a lot in the church culture where like they find their value in being needed by other people. Oh, well, people come to me Mm -hmm. to pray for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. People come to me to search for all the answers about God or to to know all the answers about um, the Bible and Christianity and Jesus. Like, if you find a lot of your value from that, that's codependency right there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I did, to be honest, I found a lot of my value in the church culture and ministry when I led with students. Um, it felt good. I felt valued and I felt like I had identity and purpose because I was going every Wednesday Mm -hmm. and leading. Like that's where I found my value, which yes, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing Mm -hmm. to help children and to help and lead students, kids, teenagers, high schoolers, young adults, even. I think that's great. But finding your whole purpose and whole identity and whole value in that one thing is dangerous because let's say you mess up mm-hmm. or you get a wrong answer. Do you feel a lot of shame from it? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have to know everything to be a good, quote unquote, good leader? Yeah. Or are you just supposed to serve and lead in love and just be a witness to somebody's story? Not have all the answers for them, but empower them so they can get the answers, not just from you. Right. I think I, I flipped the script on what it actually meant to be in ministry. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time, I was led by codependency in my ministry. Yeah, because of that that want to be needed, like you just said. I feel like I kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like I kind of had like a similar thing because this is this says you tend to obsess about pleasing others or having others be pleased by you so I feel like that second part is more me I tend to obsess about others being pleased by me so or yeah with me and so I feel like I you know we talked about the checklist before I feel like I was like okay I know that if I do these people are gonna be like oh Krista you're doing such a great job you're such a great Christian like I knew that they would be pleased with me 
if I did all these right things, if I was posting on Facebook, God is, God is loving. He loves you. If I posted, um, scriptures, if I texted people scriptures, if I knew scripture off the back of my head, like in the back of my head, like I knew, like I learned that if I do those things, I will have favor from other people. They will look at me from above and be like, wow, look at her and they'd be pleased with me because it would feel good to be put on a pedestal when in your own mind and heart you don't actually put yourself there exactly so it's nice to know that people look at you in that way because you don't actually look at yourself in that way exactly and so like for me i wonder if some people who and i and i i apologize if this doesn't like if this sounds rude because i'm not trying to be rude at all but i'm wondering like people who still think that way who still you know are leading their Christian life by a checklist of I need to do these things. Like, what is it really for? Like, is it really for God and the kingdom or is it for the... To feed your ego and pride. Yeah. Let's just be honest. (laughs) I say, is it, is it for the, you know, affirmation and from, you know, people looking at you and being pleased with you and happy with you because you're doing quote unquote everything that you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because let me tell you something, your ego and your pride are not going to heal your wounds. Mm-mm. They are not going to heal your codependency. Yeah. They're not going to heal the actual core belief systems that you truly have about yourself. All the negative things that you see and feel whenever you look into the mirror. Exactly. Your pride and your ego, that pedestal yeah. is not going to heal you from it. Mm-mm. Um, that's so good do you were you gonna say something else no i was gonna tell you the next one okay you tend to overshare or 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 overgive both emotionally spiritually physically or sometimes financially Mm -hmm. oof yeah like you're not overflowing you're just giving out of empty empty cup you're kind of having imposter syndrome yeah Mm -hmm. i was gonna say i feel like for me i would overgive I don't even know. It depends. On on some people, I overgave emotionally um, and definitely financially. I feel like I... Mm, yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. I feel like I was like... I don't know. Because I, I had been, you know, with people who maybe were not as financially stable. And so I felt like that was my way of, like, pleasing them. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Like, you, you were thinking about them more financially than yes. you were about yourself financially. Yeah, exactly. When you know you cannot afford this. So it, instead of saying, no, I genuinely can't, let's just probably eat from home. Yeah. But you said yes. Yeah. For them. And not no for you. Exactly. Um, no, I remember you. I actually really remember you doing that. Because I did that a lot. You did. Um, <laughs> I'm, honestly, like, I'll, I'll say that right now. Like, I still struggle with that today. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot better at it. A lot, a lot better. Yeah. But I, I have... I have struggled with that too. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just calling you out. Oh, no, no, no. But I do remember whenever we started becoming friends, there was a lot of your friends. (laughs) A lot of them. Walking all over you. Absolutely. And you would always pay for them. Uh And (laughs) I remember telling you, Chris, to say no. Yeah. Like, I, I remember them actually, like, calling you as I was hanging out with you and texting you, them asking you, hey, can you buy me this? And you weren't even with them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Krista, say no. Yeah. And you're like, but, like, they need it. And I'm like, but you need the money more. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what's crazy to me is, like, back then, it 
and I know logically this isn't true, but like it felt impossible for me to say no. Like, I don't think the word no came out of my mouth very much when I was younger. Like, and when I say when I was younger, I mean like all the way up to college, <laughs> like, yeah, and even then yeah. some, you know, like <laughs> I, I feel like I, it, I didn't even know how to explain it. Like it literally felt like I could not say no. Like, obviously I could, but in my mind I was like, no, you can't. Because I mean, that was the codependency, the people pleasing. I was like, no, you can't because you know, what if they don't accept you if you don't do this for them? Right. And let me just say this one thing because I hear people in my mind right now. Of course. I am not saying that giving to people is bad. Right. No, no, And no. please don't hear me say, don't ever give to people. Don't ever help people out. We're talking about over giving. I'm talking about why would you give out of an empty cup when you don't ever give to yourself? Mm-hmm. Giving to homeless people and all this stuff, this this is a whole this is why I say everything we say is so much nuance. Yeah, because it's I not like... on this it's so generic. It's so it's it's generalizing. We don't have people in front of us with stories that we can't like specifically speak to. So yeah. we're generalizing everything. But know that there's so much nuance to everything that we talk about. So why would you want to give to somebody? When you have never, like, actually given to yourself, you've never actually validated, attuned, or spoke kindly to yourself or given great things to yourself, you can't do that from a posture of a heart intent and give that to somebody else. Like, what I'm saying, what I mean when I say that is I want to overflow out to somebody and I want to still know that. I matter. Yes, my needs matter. Mm -hmm. But when I give to somebody, my core belief system shouldn't always be, oh, I never matter. So I just need to always give to other people. That's what we're saying. Your core belief from which you're giving should never be, I don't matter. Yeah. Or it should never be, my value comes from me just giving. Your value does not come by you just always being a quote unquote good person and like, None of that because there's so many instances in the Bible, even pastors now, that will literally sit in front of you saying they did all these things, but in the background, Mm -hmm. they were cheating, having affairs on their wives, or going home every night and drinking and drinking their sorrows away. So it doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't work when you put yourself on the back burner Mm -hmm. and knowing that your needs don't matter and you have a core belief system of that. And you're just operating out of that. Exactly. And here, and and here's just to be a little bit more specific. Like I wasn't sitting there giving other people money and paying for other people, and they're like, "Oh, here you go. I just don't matter. Here you go. I don't matter." Like it was subconsciously through my actions, you can tell that I didn't value myself because literally, and and. I mean, what I was, I was in high school, so I made like what, $300 every two weeks, <laughs> which is like literally insane thinking about that. Um, right. That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I'd literally make like about $300 every two weeks. And I promise you that I would spend more than half of that on other people. Um, even if that meant like I wouldn't have enough money for myself to eat or do whatever later on. Like, yeah, or I pay like and that's you're giving to people when you're not even paying for your own bills. Yeah. You and, need to pay for your own but, bill. And but here's the thing is to me, it was it really was not in a posture because I just wanted to help other people. It was because 
I was afraid that if I said no, what's going to happen? I was afraid of, yeah. you know. Are they not going to love me are anymore? They, mm-hmm. Are they not going to be Will they not be friend? pleased with me anymore mm-hmm. if I don't continue to do this? It, yeah. You know what I mean? Which I, which thinking about that now, you know, of course you'd be like, well, why would you want friends like that? You know, I'm thinking about that kind of in the back of my head. But in the moment, it's just like that's all uh, as a codependency person, a codependent. There we go. Person. Yeah. Person. That's what I thought about because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I needed them to need me or not exactly. need me. I needed them to be with me. Exactly. Do you have more signs? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, the next one is you struggle with setting boundaries and holding people accountable. Yes. Okay. That's a good one. I'm glad you said that. Oh my God. Yeah. You have no boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. and also you enable the other person that has no boundaries and takes advantage of you. Oh my God. Okay. How many times did I, I mean, obviously I didn't set boundaries cause you know, I never said no, never, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. But no is a boundary. I was going to say you even, you even said earlier, like I let people walk all over me, which is a thousand percent true. Like yeah. I definitely did. And I always gave excuses for the other person. <gasps> I good. always gave excuses. That's if enabling. Some, if mm-hmm. somebody were like Alexis, if she were to say something about the situation, I would have some sort of excuse to back that person up. Well, they're going through a hard time. Uh Well, their cat just died. Well, you know, this and that. They just lost their job. Well, they have the power to – you can actually empower somebody. Like, hey, let's find you a job. Hey, like, where do you think – like, you can empower them to go a different direction and make good decisions. You know, make powerful decisions for their life. Yeah. They don't have to keep – feeding off of you what i see your face okay so number i'm on number nine and ten number nine i run it number ten i'm like oh shit okay ready number nine says you suffer from self-doubt and often doubt your perceptions yep that's true i was like 100 percent. so you're constantly gaslighted and manipulated yep mm-hmm. exactly number ten <laughs> you may have been raised by an alcoholic a narcissist or a non-nurturing caregiver oh shit that, you know what? That True. sentence was for me. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That was right there. I was like, Alexis. <laughs> Alexis. <laughs> oh, my God. Nope. Yep. That's so true. Yep. So that I was... mean, that's really all I have to say about it. <laughs> I mean, those who are listening can, like, think back in their childhood, like, wow, like, okay. Oh, my God. Now I'm, I'm going to say something real. Mm, okay. <sighs> Sorry. I'm not laughing. Stop. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. Okay. When we mention um, that last one, you were raised. Did it say raised? Raised. Okay, by a narcissist. An alcoholic. Alcoholic or a... not a nurturing, mm-hmm. not a nurturing person. Okay. Nine times out of ten, I will ask somebody, and they'll genuinely ask, they'll genuinely ask me, why do you think I am the way that I am? And I'll ask them. Like, I'll ask a question back to them. I'm like, well, what was your child like? What was your perception of your childhood? Mm-hmm. Did I say childlike? Yeah, what was your oh. child like? What was your childhood like? What was your perception of your childhood? And they they will get into fence mode mm-hmm. and say, no, I love my parents. My parents were really good to me. Like, I love my mom. I love my dad. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I didn't ask that. Yeah. I'm sure your parents are great. I know you love them because you're defending them right now. Yeah. But that just even proves more of a, there's a wounded child in the, there that really felt like they did not get the needs that 
that they wanted to get met. Yeah. They didn't feel loved. They didn't feel nurtured in some areas, some areas, and they d- didn't really feel seen or understood. They felt misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And the fact that your adult brain, or I don't want to say adult brain, logic brain came up so quickly as soon as I asked that question and said, no, 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 my parents were great. I didn't, I didn't say that your parents weren't great. Yeah. But the fact that you wanted to make excuses for your parents right then in that moment when I wasn't even insinuating anything. Yeah. That shows codependency with your own parents. There's so much codependency that I didn't even realize that I had with my mom. Until I turned 25. I mean, my mom's not in my life anymore. But I realized a lot of my childhood and how I operated in my relationships came from my codependency with my mother. Mm-hmm. But also codependency with my whole family. Exactly. It's not just one person in my family. It was my whole damn family. Exactly. That was codependent on each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's it's natural. It's a natural tendency. Mm-hmm. If you're If you feel like if you're just now realizing, whoa... Yeah, I've been codependent for so long. Don't feel shame from it. Yeah. This is the natural tendency. I realize there's some I've healed a lot of a lot from my codependency, but I, there's even there's still even days where I where I've noticed like, "Oh, that was kind of codependent." Mm-hmm. It's just natural when you love somebody and when you want the best for them. It, so, it's okay. But even though your parents were really great humans and they're very loving, I hear a lot of these, um, ex- like these um, sayings, like, "Well, my dad didn't rape me. Well, at least my dad, my parents didn't abuse me. Well, at least you know I didn't come home every night and my dad wasn't an alcoholic." Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But where are some areas? Because they're human; they're not going to meet all your needs. They're not perfect. There you go. Where were some areas where your little girl or little boy felt like their needs didn't get met? I'm so or gl- that you weren't oh. heard. I'll say, I was, that, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Or that you were misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Or that you felt like you weren't cherished or nurtured in the emotion that you really wanted to be validated in that moment. Because mm-hmm. mm. it causes, it causes a, like, ripple effect. Absolutely. No, I'm so glad that you said that because I was literally thinking about it. You know, like me, I was like thinking about it in the back of my mind. I was like, don't lose it, Krista. Don't lose it. Because here's my thing is I feel like people, when you ask that, I feel like people feel like you're villainizing or that we're trying to villainize parents. No, we don't ever want to villainize people in our story. Exactly. However, we want to be honest in our story. But even, but here's the thing though, is it's not, it's not trying to paint them in a bad light or anything. It's literally just knowing, like you said, that they are human and there's no way possible that they can meet all your needs. No. Their needs probably were not met as a child either. No, they weren't because no, right? they their parents yeah, were human too. But yeah. like there's different, there's different extents to those, yeah. right? In the comparison game of like, well, at least my parents didn't do this because I have a friend that had their parents do this to them. Okay, listen, listen. I literally, oh my God, it like, I hate when people compare their lives. Like, well, you know, you know, I, I realized, you know, I was having a bad day, but then I realized I could have it worse, and these people out here have it worse. Like, mm-hmm. true, totally. A lot of people have it worse than you. But guess what? 
you will always find in this world someone who has it worse than you and then somebody who has it better than you. Yeah. That does not devalidate what you're going through. Yeah, exactly. You need to know that you're validated and that what you're going through actually matters because it does matter to you. In your heart, it actually does matter to you. And so knowing that you matter, that your feelings matter, and that you need to get love in where you're at, because a lot of people need to get love in where they're at right now. Yeah. And then this, like, you would just be better for it the yeah. next day. And you'd have more compassion, more love, more understanding, more open perspective to other people's story. I mean, and I think that we are just taught, you know, we're taught that, you know, don't complain because someone has it worse. You well, know, we're like, taught at a young age to say, stop complaining. Yeah. You have it great. Hey, at least you don't have this. Or, you know what I mean? You don't have to deal with this. At least you're not homeless. At least you're not, you know what I mean? But it doesn't give you a right to treat me the way that you do, though. But, like, my thing is, is, like, yes, absolutely. I think the heart of that is um, to be grateful for the things that you do have. However, the things that, you know, whether it's, like, materialistic, spiritually, emotionally, whatever, those things that you are getting to meet your needs – but there's also also things that you're not getting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is okay to validate those yeah. and say, you know what? But you those need needs to acknowledge met. what's going on inside of you too, and the things that aren't getting met. That that's the key point too. Exactly. Um, now that you did the signs, I want to like go to, into the effects of being codependent and the roots of it. Okay. So, the effects of being codependent is exhaustion. So. So many expectations are put onto you, but then also you put so many expectations on the other people. In my codependency, I put so many expectations on other people. Yeah. that That's a form of codependency too. And then um, also the effects of it is people feel controlled and manipulated by you. I've done that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people can't grow because... I am doing the work for them. So people are not growing in your life because you're always doing the work for them. Because mm. you're you're putting them, you're putting yourself in the in the place of their world as the savior, the yeah, like, hero, mm-hmm. the fixer. That's like, is that like this a god complex? God complex. <laughs> yes, you're being their god for them, mm-hmm. and you are not their god. Yeah. You are not the hero of their story. Yeah, the hero of their of their story should be themselves and God. Yeah, exactly. Not trying to self proclaim here. That's not what I'm doing. So please don't hear me when I say that. But you should feel powerful enough, and God would want you to feel powerful, and exactly. He would want to partner with you in this in that. Exactly. Anyways, I'm not even gonna get into yeah. those people who say that. <laughs> okay. Um, bitterness, uh-huh. um, you feel unappreciated, um, you create dependency. So you're so used to like all this codependency that you create, oh, that, that you start, sorry, um, that you start telling yourself the lie. Oh, I'm so independent. That's why everybody needs me. <laughs> that was me. I was like, Alexis, Alexis. <laughs> That was you, girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so now the roots. So the roots of codependency is. It's going to be good. Which, going back to what we said earlier. Yeah. Is you said in my childhood that I was, it was just so, like, fear-filled. Yeah. From my mom. Mm-hmm. It was just constant anxiety, constant fear. Yeah. So the root of codependency is fear. fear. Gotcha. Fear of not. Of people not being pleased by you. Mm-hmm. Fear of, 
oh, if I don't do this for them or if I'm not this for them, I won't be loved. Yeah. Or I won't be appreciated or I won't be seen or I won't feel special. I won't feel valuable. I won't feel like I have a purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's all fear rooted. Yeah. <laughs> and and what comes – what's attached to that fear too is the – is rejection because the fear of rejection Rejection yeah. comes with that. You're scared that you're going to be rejected. Yeah. <laughs> it's a deep abandonment wound bleeding all over your codependency ass. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, it's a deep abandonment wound. And that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, no, I'll say that in another episode. Yeah. So it's a deep abandonment wound. So those are the roots, the roots of codependency. Think of it as a tree. You're yeah. growing this codependency tree, tree, and at the root of it, it's not a pretty tree. Yeah. Well, it looks pretty to other people, but you're, like, dying inside. Okay? Right. <laughs> like, you're, the wood is breaking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just think of it as a tree, and at the root of it, it's fear, it's rejection, it's abandonment that's growing this. Mm. Okay? So let's talk about the steps that we can take. Yeah. Okay, so step one, follow your behaviors of the to the root. Yeah. So what behaviors are you acting out of codependency? We mentioned a lot of them, honestly, in this episode. Mm -hmm. So just going back and writing the list of like, okay, what what are my behaviors in this codependency? And what's the root of that from? Is that from fear? Fear of not being loved, fear of not being seen, fear of like, oh, if I don't do this, then I'm not going to get promoted in my job. I'm going to be rejected or, you know, all these things. And like for me, right, for me, I feel like to go deeper, it's it's thinking about, okay, what is this behavior and what was like the thought that led me to that behavior? Because then I feel like you can get to the root of that thought. You know what I mean? Like if you're thinking about a trickle effect there. Yeah, that's good. I like that. And then step two, identify the root. So mm. get really honest. Which is hard. Yes. Because even for me, sometimes I'm like, I don't think I'm ready to accept that that's the reason why. Mm, I don't want to be honest because my lying and my untruthfulness is protecting me. Oh, or protecting others. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But that's a lie. Yeah. It's a lie that you are believing. It is not protecting you. It is keeping you remaining in this isolating detrimental agony yeah you know so identify the root be honest with yourself um and then step three identify what part of you is feeling neglected where did this come from why do i feel neglected what is this feeling so identifying that feeling of neglect does that make sense okay so like where did it come from yes gotcha yes gotcha And going back to, I do want to say this, going back to like, you matter, knowing that yourself is valuable. Cause this is where, this is where you get down to it. Like knowing that that belief system of like, oh, I don't matter. Other people matter. Mm -hmm. I don't matter. The mission matters. No, 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 no. If it matters to you, it does matter to God. Right. You matter more to God. Yeah. Keeping that core belief system at the forefront. Yeah. I, I, are you finished? No, go ahead. Okay. I want you to. Okay. Only because there was this earlier, I was thinking about this in, um, when we were talking about like the whole codependency thing and, you know, sometimes, you know, we learn it because, you know, you're, you know, what you've gone through is not as good, you know, not as worse as other people, you know, that's yeah, what we're talking the about. Comparison, um, yeah. Oh, fuck. I 
fuck, I just said all that and I forgot. It was about church, though. It was about how church also... Oh, yes, exactly, because church, for me, my perception was that church taught me that I need to put myself beneath, you know, everything. Uh, God, else. Mm-hmm. other people, my future husband, if I have one. Like, I, I'm, i yeah. like, fourth or fifth on the list. You yeah. know what I mean? When last I, on the list. Last, yeah. yeah. Like, put myself... I need to be selfless, yeah. you know? And so, like, I feel like even my time in the church, I also learned how to be more codependent because I was like, oh, just keep putting myself, meet the needs of all these other people first and then yeah. you can tend to the yourself. The most selfish thing you could do is doing that. Yeah. Because you actually take care of your heart Yeah. and getting healed in a lot of areas that you need healing in mm-hmm. is the most selfless thing you could ever do. Because then you can go out and you can serve and love others more. With, Although that's not the for mind, like that's not the forefront of the intention of why you're getting yourself healed. No, you're getting yourself healed and getting aware because you don't want to live in agony, agony anymore. You yeah. don't want to feel this lonely. You don't want to feel this unloved and unworthy anymore. Like you want to feel alive and thrive the way God wants has created you to be. He wants you to feel alive and he wants yeah. you to thrive. He wants you to you know, live in all the adventures that he has for you. You can't do that if you're not showing up as yourself, your true self, your true healing self. Exactly. You were not meant to be this empty vessel just giving continuously to other people. That's so good. You are not meant to be this empty vessel continuing to give to other people. Yeah. That's so good. Um, So that brings us into step four. Take that peace to the Lord. What you've identified, the feeling of neglect, Take that to the Lord because he cares about, he cares about it just as much as you care about that thing you care about. He yeah. does. He really, oh my God. And it's the most healing thing when you realize the thing that you've been crying about, the thing that you've been focused on and you've been telling yourself, oh, this is stupid. I should be over it by now. And when you bring that to the Lord and you see, like, I'm just thinking about my encounters. Right. But like right. <laughs> you see the careness in his eyes and you just like the way he holds you and like how he talks about it. He talks about it as this. No, he, he does. He, he cares about it just as much, if not more. Yeah. He cares about it so much more than you do because it matters. It matters to him. Yeah. So it's, it's really the most healing thing. Like, because it's not that parent that says to you, oh, shut up, get over it. Yeah. It's not that parent or that friend who says, oh, you should be over it by now. It's been months. It's been weeks. It's mm-hmm. been years. It's, it's, that's not his response. That's not God's response. Yeah. Um, okay. And then step five. Oh, it makes me all happy talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So step five, practice loving you. Yeah, that's You good. cannot love others well <laughs> if you do not love yourself well. You just can't, guys. It doesn't work. I'm surrounded by people like this all the time. Yeah. They don't love themselves, so they don't love others well. And in that verse that says, or that commandment, actually, mm-hmm. to love your neighbor as yourself Everybody misses that key point in that verse. (laughs) Love your neighbor as yourself. How are you going to love your neighbor if you don't love yourself? Exactly. You have to love yourself first. You have to get connected to love first before you can love your neighbor. Exactly. Come on, y'all. Come on. And then then within the step five, making choices that communicate love to yourself. Love that piece about you. So like... Making choices that communicate love to yourself, having those boundaries, saying no, what Mm -hmm. matters to you and following it. Um, 
love that piece about you. So love what you think are the unlovable parts on your body yeah. or about yourself, personality trait, um, body, all this stuff. And then also thinking about like what, what do you actually want? Yeah. Like what do you actually want? There are so many things where – because codependency can be rooted in this, like where someone asks you, hey, do you want to come do this? And you really don't want to oh, – oh, <laughs> Chris is going to resonate. You really don't want to do it, but you say yes anyways, but then you go and then you're like miserable. To meet their needs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like every time someone asks you something, ask yourself in your head, do I actually want to do this? Or do I just want to stay home? Or do I not want to do, you know, actually yeah. ask yourself, do I actually want to do this? And if you hear that voice in your, in your like car or in your head, like, no, don't say yes. Listen to it. Just yeah. listen to it. You're going to have to listen to it for a while. Exactly. Um, okay. And then step six, learn how to communicate your needs to others. That's a toughie. Yeah. But you have to go through every other step first before you can communicate your needs to others. Right. You have you gotta to go know those needs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you have to identify. You have to get aware of those needs I to mean, be able to communicate it. And this is something that I feel like I've probably said in a past episode. But really, the thing that helped me the most was the idea that I needed to date myself, that I needed to get to know myself in the ways that I try to get to know other people, or I need to meet the needs of myself in the same ways that I work so hard to meet the needs of others. Like turning all that energy that I would give to other people back onto me. Like that's what helped me. And that's actually loving yourself. Yeah. That's loving you. So those, those are the steps. So, you know, those are invitations that you can do. So it's just, it's just like communicating to others about your needs through words. Um, and knowing that, Guys, like, codependency is a cycle. And to get out of that cycle, you have to be so brave. You have to be brave enough to identify, get aware, get love in, and also being able to communicate those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Or whenever – or knowing that your feelings need to get met. And if they can't get met by anybody else, you know that they can get met by yourself and by God. Exactly. And that boundaries are to protect what is inside, not to keep things out walls, right? Walls are to keep things out. Boundaries are to protect what is inside, Mm -hmm. not keep things out. Boundaries are not walls. They're just protection. And this is, this is a couple of statements that I, when I learned that I was highly codependent, here are a couple, couple of statements that I would have to say whenever I felt like my codependency was rising up and people were asking me to do things or like not just asking me to do things, but asking me to fix them or help them or heal them or yeah. do that or had their problems. And I felt like I always had to fix people's problems. Here's, here are some things that you can ask them. What are you going to do about it? Mm. What are you going to do about it? Put the power back in their hands because they're powerful and people need to know that. Yeah. You are not responsible for how other people communicate to you. Mm-hmm. You're not. Man, you can't that was a good one. Re- yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's such a good reminder for myself. Right. But you are not responsible for how other people choose to communicate to you. Mm. It's their responsibility. Yeah. And they need to take ownership. You know, you. You really can't have self-awareness without integrity. Yeah. It's having honor and integrity for yourself and for others. Yeah. But also yourself. 
So just one last thing, because I know we're almost over time, but um, there's this, so code, you know, we've talked about codependency and independency. Those are both like, I would like to say pendulum swings because mm-hmm. codependency is like, oh, I need everybody else and, or I need everybody else to feel valuable and feel special and da, da, da. And then independency, I don't need anybody. Right, right. Nobody's yeah. good. And da, 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 like total having the opposite ends. total pendulum swings, total opposites, like independency, like I don't need anybody, which in fact, like we do need people, yeah. but not people for like value and purpose and identity, like right. to create our whole self. Like there's, there's a regulated emotion there is a balance it's called interdependence Mm -hmm. interdependence is healthy when you feel desperation that's where the codependency comes in Mm. so those are telltale signs where like okay am i feeling desperate for someone's attention or love or like to feel valued and feel like i'm a good person and want to be right all the time yeah am i desperate to feel right all the time that's codependency too Mm -hmm. oh and i do want to say this last thing Another sign of codependent is codependent people believe that others should read their mind because oftentimes they don't even know what they need because Mm -hmm. they have been so focused on other people's needs their whole life. So they haven't gone on the full discovery of understanding what they need. So they haven't got to that step of communicating their needs yet. They're just like, yeah, yeah. I, okay, real quick before we end, I, you know me, I was thinking, you know, a lot of times whenever we think about things that we go through, we think that we're, like, alone in them, and I was like, you know what, codependency is probably super freaking common, like, most people are probably codependent, so if you're listening to this, without even realizing, yeah, yeah. if you're listening to this, and you're like, oh my god, this might be me, like, you know, oh my god, I didn't know I was codependent, it's okay, most people are, Mm -hmm. so I was looking, um, And I'm just going to read this whole little excerpt, even though it's really the last part. It says, children who are raised to believe that their feelings aren't significant learn to live through other people's emotions, leading to codependent behavior. The prevalence of codependency is difficult to ascertain. Basically difficult to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some estimates suggest that over 90% of the American population demonstrates codependent behavior. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's hard. Like, I guys, like, I'm not preaching at you. I'm not trying to talk at y'all at all. I still struggle with this today, where I find myself at my own job, mm-hmm. thinking that everybody's actions are my responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's codependency. You go into this cycle for decades of your life years of your life so yes it's going to be hard to break the cycle Mm -hmm. but knowing giving yourself that grace too, knowing that where it's truly coming from like for me like alexis you lived 15 years of your life trying to please your mother so your mother would be okay yeah your whole childhood was about your mother and your mother being okay. Revolved around somebody else's feelings and needs, yeah. So it's okay to fall back into that wound because that's all you've ever known. Mm-hmm. And giving compassion and love in to that tendency, knowing that there's no shame there, it makes a lot of sense. What helps me, the statements that helps me all the time to give myself grace, saying, 
Alexis, it just makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's a very, like, non-judgmental statement to yeah. say over yourself. But knowing that I, I'm a lot better than I was even five years ago yeah. for codependency. Yeah. It's because I really worked on it. Exactly. Exactly. But I still find myself struggling. So not putting shame where you still struggle, but giving a lot of grace and love in that area. But also knowing, like, hey... I don't want to remain here. I want to keep uh-huh. growing. I want to keep getting love and healing in that so I can be better than I was yesterday. I was going to say, but like also, like you said, like being able to have those tools in order, those, you know, six things steps, that you yeah. just told us, yeah. like having that in your back pocket and being able to use those whenever you start noticing those codependent behaviors again. You're like, okay, hey, at least I have the tools to help. And just getting aware, guys, is a huge step. Yeah. Like, you're already far farther than most people. Okay, so, like, cheer yourself on even there. Like, wow, this is amazing. I wouldn't have realized this a year ago. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. So, like, getting, like, aware, knowing the what and the why. Yeah. Is just, the key point. Just noticing. And being proud of that. Yeah. 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 Oh. So, don't, don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. Because you've been hard on yourself for so freaking long. And other people have been hard on yourself for so freaking long. Stop mirroring the type of love that your parents gave you. Yeah. Where your needs weren't met. Mm-hmm. And start getting love, like true, true love in and compassion. And work forward and being the best you and thrive, the most authentic you. Exactly. Like we say. Exactly. Here on the podcast, the humanity podcast. <laughs> humanity. You know, redefining it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think we went a little bit over, but it's fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we do love you so much. Once again, our one-year episode is coming up soon, at the beginning of November, so be on the lookout for that. That shit cry. <laughs> I know. I cannot believe we've been doing this for a year. Um, oh, or almost every, a year. And every week. Every for a year. freaking week. Oh, so yeah. what's that, 52 weeks? How many weeks yeah. are in a year? 52? 52 episodes, yeah. Holy guacamole. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If I'm wrong, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we hope you have a good day. A good morning. A good night. A good afternoon. (laughs) A good drive. A good cup of coffee. (laughs) A good week and a good day. I already said good day, but whatever. It's fine. Just all the goods. All the goods that can come from healing. Yeah. Ooh. From the healing. And we have really exciting things coming for you very, very soon. Very. Kristen knows what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Do you really? Yeah. I'm feeling the energies flowing from your brain to my brain. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Very exciting things. Our life is leveling up. We're growing. Mm Mm-hmm. Our best friend got engaged. Yes, she did. So things are moving along. And I have, we're about, we're about to announce something very exciting. Very, very exciting. exciting. So stay tuned. Keep your eyes. If you're a real one, stay tuned. Stay freaking tuned. <laughs> okay, love you guys. Sorry, my eyes were like super wide there. Okay. I know, they're I like crazy you. eyes. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.